I'd like to ask you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter 1, 3, while the guys get our, the, the podium over here. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. And Peter writes an account of this, and this is many years after the resurrection. And, uh, you know, Peter had a great failure at that time. Uh, he denied Christ three times, and when he should have stood strong, the things overwhelmed him, and he had um, what looked like you know, a breakdown. But today I want to talk to you about how to have a breakthrough rather than a breakdown. Has anybody ever had things push in on you so much, been so overwhelmed that you just felt like uh, things were breaking down, you were about to break down? Well, I want you to know that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can have breakthrough rather than breakdown. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because of God's great mercy, the Father's great mercy, He's given to us new birth into a living hope. I want you to say living hope. Living hope. We need to understand what living hope is and how it works and, and how God has provided that for you and I and can change our lives every day. Amen. You know, what happened on Friday, what, uh, the crucifixion and all that, in the eyes of, of uh, all of the, the, the scribes and Pharisees, in the eyes of the, the political rulers, in the eyes of the disciples and the followers of Jesus Christ, in the eyes of Satan and all demonic spirits, they thought it was a defeat. They looked at Friday and thought, hey, we've won. It's a great defeat. But the thing is, like the old black preacher said, that was Friday. Sunday's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. I like that, that sermon. I heard Tony Campolo bring that out when I was at Oral Roberts University. And he said that in his church they had a preach-off. And that's when everybody gets together and the preachers preach and they kind of have a preach-off. And he said that uh, he had kind of down the road a little bit. And, and so when he preached, he just really brought it. He thought, man, I have brought the word. And he sat down by his old black pastor and he said, Pastor, do you think you can top that? And the pastor said, just sit back, son. Just sit back. And his theme that morning was, it's Friday. Sunday's coming. I looked some of those words up. And I want to share that with you this morning. He said, he started out, he said, it's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter is sleeping. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. And the council is conspiring. The crowd vilifying. They don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying, Peter's denying, but they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat Jesus. They robe him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns, but they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, his spirit burdened, and... Uh, but you see, that was only Friday because Sunday, say it with me, Sunday's coming. See, it's Friday and, and the world was winning and people are sinning and evil is grinning. But it's Friday, 
It's Friday. The soldiers nail my Savior's hands to the cross. They nail his feet to the cross. And after that, then they raise him up next to criminals. Oh, but that was Friday. Let me tell you something, though. He said, Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. All the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know that it's only Friday and Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by the Father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. You got to help me out and say that. It's Friday, and the earth trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday, and hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laughing. But it's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. You know, we have Fridays in our life. And those Fridays can uh, really be an opportunity for God to work in our life and show instead of having a breakdown on Friday that we can look beyond that breakdown and see a breakthrough that's coming because it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. You know, he, he is risen. Jesus is risen to enable us to have breakthrough instead of a breakdown. We celebrate Easter and Christ's great triumph over death and uh, over death, hell, and the grave and and that's what we ought to do. But I think sometimes we, for, we fail to realize that he, he was raised 2,000 years ago. And, and we're thankful for that. And we know that he's alive and that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But we don't realize that he's alive to help us out every day. Every day. That's resurrection that happened. See, it should happen every day because, it, as Peter wrote, it's a living hope. Let's read it again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Living hope. There is hope after apparent defeat. It looked like defeat on Friday, but they didn't know that Sunday was coming. You see, when you have defeat, maybe you've experienced defeat in your life. Maybe you've been knocked down. But you see, this living hope provides something for us that tells us that that's just Friday. I've got a Sunday that's coming. You know, I'm sure that when Peter wrote this many years later, he had in mind, he had that in mind that there is hope after defeat. Um, you know, he, he wrote that text and he says that there is living hope through the resurrection. He experienced that. We know that Jesus met with Peter privately. We don't know what was said. We don't know where it was. It's just recorded in Luke 24. But, you know, there, there's really no record of, of it other than this mentioned. But evidently, the sensitive Christ that has risen now knew that Peter was really condemning himself because he had a great failure. He denied Christ. He had a breakdown when he should have had a breakthrough. He let all of that overwhelm him, and he broke down, and he denied Christ. But Jesus sought him out and appeared to him and restored him to some type of personal worth again. He said, Peter, you are somebody, and that's okay. 
You, you denied me. You had a failure. But that was Friday. Now this is Sunday. And so that he, he wanted to encourage Peter so that the next time that it looked like that there was a breakdown coming, that Peter could have a breakthrough rather than a, a breakdown. You know, uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. I want us to hear what the Apostle Paul says in some of his times of where it was, he was pressed in to have a breakdown. And as you're turning, I want you to never forget that after the night comes a new day. You know, after the winter comes spring, after a storm comes a sun-drenched earth, after sin comes forgiveness, after defeat though, listen to this, after defeat comes another chance. How many of you are glad for a second chance? See that Sunday represents a second chance. That where there was apparent defeat, no, God's got something better planned. It's through that resurrection we have a living hope. So that when your Friday is pressing in on you, that you can always remember that it's only Friday. <laughs> Sunday's coming. You know? And, and say with me, I'm headed for a breakthrough, not a breakdown. Can you say that? I'm headed for a breakthrough, not a breakdown. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 18, that's basically what the Apostle Paul was saying. Some people call this the but not chapter. You know, because <laughs> he says here, he says, uh, but we have this treasure, we have this living hope, we have this resurrection power, we have this resurrected Christ in us. He says, in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Then he says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. He says, we, got some, we have Friday on every side, but we are not crushed because we know that we have a living hope that's coming. We know that Sunday's coming. He says, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. He said, we always carry around in our body the Friday, the death of Jesus, so that the Sunday, the life of Jesus, uh, might shine through, may also be revealed in our body. He said, you'll see my Fridays. You'll see how I'm hard-pressed. You'll see the difficult things that I'm going through. I've got challenges to go through. But that happens so that the, also the Sunday, the resurrected power, the living hope can shine in me, and you can see that as well. You see, we're here to witness with those that are around us that when we go through difficult times, that we have this hope, a living hope, that we know that this isn't going to that this trial, this thing that we're going through, it's just Friday. It's only Friday. It's just temporary. Because we know that we have a hope that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he made us more than conquerors as well. Verse 11, Paul goes on to say, For we who are alive are always being given over to death or to the Friday for Jesus' sake, so that his life, may be revealed in our mortal bodies. We're given over to these trials. You're going to have troubles and struggles and trials and things, but so that this resurrection power, this living hope, can be also expressed in your life. So, uh, he says, so then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. 
when I'm having my Friday, as you look at me and you can see the living hope in me, you can see the power of the resurrection in me, that ought to give you hope that says that when I go through my Friday, I know that I've got a Sunday coming. Amen. So it says in verse 13, It is written, I believe, therefore, I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, Paul says, We also believe and therefore speak. Because we know, because we know, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus Christ and present us with you in his presence. He said, I've got hope in this thing. When it, uh, you know, when it looks bad, we can go through this because we know we have a living hope that's, that he's going to take care of us and he's even going to present us before the throne. Verse 15. All of this, he says, all of my Friday, he says, all of this is for your benefit so that the grace that reaches more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. He says, therefore, we don't break down. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't break down. Uh, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. He's saying there, it's only Friday. <laughs> it's, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. So we fix our eyes, he says, not on what is seen. I don't look at my Friday. I don't look at the breakdown. He said, I don't fix my eyes on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. My Friday, my breakdown, the uh, opposition is only temporary. He says, but what is unseen is eternal. My breakthrough power, my living hope that Peter talked about, it's eternal and it will get me through. See, I'm talking about resurrection here. I'm talking about breakthrough. I'm talking about new beginnings. I'm talking about a second chance. Anybody in here need any of those? Hallelujah. I'm glad that he offers us a second chance. I'm glad that he offers us the, the power, the ability to have a breakthrough. I'm glad that he offers us a new beginning. There's an old song that used to say, um, I may not know how, I may not know when, but he'll do it again. We don't have to know how or when. We just have to have that living hope that knows that he will do it again. My Sunday's coming. Back to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Again, Peter starts out, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy... He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A living hope, hope that lives on and on day after day after day, every day of our life. When you wonder, where's Jesus when I need him? Hey, that resurrection power, that living hope ought to be in us every day for every situation. Well, what is hope though? We can read about it and we can see this living hope, but what is hope? What is the Christian's hope? Because hope in the Bible is different than hope that the world talks about. The easiest way to describe it is that hope is the expectation for good. 
that you earnestly expect that good's coming. You earnestly expect your Sunday's coming when you're in the Friday. Hope, this living hope, looks beyond opposition and sees God in all of His possibilities. The NIV Study Bible defines hope like this. It says, hope is unshakable confidence concerning the future. Unshakable confidence concerning the future. When things are tough, are you unshakable? Because you know that you have living hope that's working in you and God's going to work it out all right? You know, uh, and that kind of hope works hand in hand with faith because in Hebrews 11, 1, it, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So that hope really augments our faith and the faith undergirds the hope. And he says, and, and uh, we're certain then of what we do not see. Well, sometimes it seems like things are so overwhelming that we can't see our Sunday. That's the way they were that Friday. They couldn't see Sunday, even though Jesus had told them that he was going to be, be, uh, suffer and die. He told them that. He says, but on the third day, I'm going to raise again. They forgot about the Sunday. All they could think about was the Friday. And people, we're no different because when opposition comes and hits us and we're so hard-pressed, then sometimes we just feel like we are crushed. But we're not crushed when we rely upon this living hope that Peter's talking about here. You see, when it works together, it's like this. God makes a promise. We see him throughout his word. God makes a promise. Faith then believes it. Hope anticipates it. And patience Quietly waits for it. <laughs> That's the hard part. Some people have said this. They've given this definition for hope. They say hope is putting faith to work when doubting would be easier. How many of you know that doubting's a whole lot easier than having faith? Because I can see my Friday right here. I'm experiencing my Friday. I can feel my Friday. But hope is putting faith to work when the doubting would be easier. I've got to look beyond what I see, what I feel, what seems to be overwhelming me and know, and know that there is a living hope that God's going to turn this thing around. Somebody else has said that hope is faith holding out its hand in the dark, expecting God to raise us up. Hebrews 6, 19, it just says that this hope he says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, steadfast and firm, or firm and secure. Paul says, we have this hope. This hope he's talking about is this living hope. And it anchors our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. It anchors us and holds us firm and secure. You don't have to worry. He holds you firm and secure. So then, how do you have a break? through rather than a breakdown. How can you turn the things that are t coming against you that would cause a breakdown, turn it around and have a breakthrough? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's hope. Hope is what makes you, uh, allows you to have a breakthrough rather than a breakdown. Through hope, God spoke and the worlds came into existence. Through hope, Noah built an ark and Abraham became the father of many nations. Isaac uh, blessed Jacob and Esau and, and, uh, uh, and in regard to their, their future. You know, that was hope in them. Out of hope, this unshakable confidence in Almighty God. Joseph 
held on to a dream for 27 years. Moses lifted up his rod and parted the Red Sea. And out of this hope, the impenetrable walls of Jericho fell at the command of Joshua uh, to shout. And they shouted and it came down. That's what hope does. By putting faith to work when doubting is easier... You see, Rahab believed and she was spared there in Jericho when the walls came down. She put this hope to work. By uh, uh, hope, Gideon was turned from a negative, worrying uh, coward into a mighty man of valor. Deborah, uh, she directed Barak to victory over their enemies. And Samson was able to take on a Philistine army with a jawbone of a donkey. Why? Because of hope, expectation that God's going to show up. I like it. I heard somebody say one time, hope is the fling in the, sw- in the sling of David. <laughs> you know, and he had that hope because he wrote in the psalm, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. That's hope. That's hope. Hope enabled Elijah to call fire down from heaven and consume all the other false prophets. It caused Nehemiah to build a wall and Esther uh, to stand for such a time as this. And hope is what uh, caused Job, in spite of all his trial and his trouble, to say, I know my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. He prophesied that way back those years before there was a resurrection. Hope allowed Daniel to take a little nap in the den of, some, uh, of the lions. And it allowed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to stand up to the king and say, We'll not bow down to your golden image. Our God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we're still not going to worship you. Because they knew, they had that hope, that living hope, that expectation that God would take care of them. Hope caused men to seek lame man to leap and a a mute to speak in the Bible. You know, it's hope that turned water into wine and sent the uh, demons into swine and caused the the sick to to feel fine. That's what hope will do to you, do for you. We need to say hope. Come on, say it with me. Hope. Hope. It's living hope. You see, what caused the woman with the issue of blood to push through the crowd? Hope did that. Why would a Roman centurion openly come to Jesus and, uh, to ask him to heal his servant? Because of what? Hope. You know, what would cause four men to tear a hole in the roof and let their paralyzed friend down at the feet of Jesus? Hope does that. You see, that's the kind of hope that we need to get. What changed an angry Saul into the Apostle Paul? He went from a hater to an imitator of Christ. Because he had something. He had that living hope. A resurrection hope. A living hope. The power. Hope does look beyond our opposition and sees God in all his possibilities. Hope looks beyond the Fridays to see the Sunday. Hope is what got Jesus through the Garden of Gethsemane. Got him through his torment. Yeah, it got Jesus uh, uh, from praying to to have his eyes on what he expected was salvation for all of mankind. It got him through the mock trial. It got Jesus through the scoffing, the scorning, and the scourging is what hope did for Jesus. 
Boy, death couldn't, uh, couldn't beat him and hell couldn't keep him. The grave couldn't hold him and the devil couldn't stop him. That's because of hope. Why? Why all these people do these things? We read about in these great stories because of living hope. Peter said again there in first chapter of Peter, verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And we have this hope, Paul said in Hebrews 6. We have this hope. And he said, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Because where are we usually defeated? In our mind, in our will, in our emotions. And he says, we have this anchor, this, this hope as an anchor for this, the soul firm and secure. He said, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who, who went before us, has entered to, uh, on our behalf, is what he said. He said, this hope goes beyond the, the inner curtain, in the inner sanctuary. It enters there right at God's throne, the Holy of Holies, that hope. And that's why now the Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find help in our time of need. For our Fridays, we can come right before God's throne because hope does it. This hope is as an, it anchors us firm and secure, and it causes us to enter in to the inner sanctuary. I tell you, I want us to do that today. I want us to enter in to the inner sanctuary today of God's presence because I know that you're here today and that there's something going on in your life, that uh, there's a, a Friday maybe in your life. There's things that are pressing in that would bring breakdown to you. It'd be easier sometimes just to have a breakdown than a breakthrough. You know, sometimes it's easier just to sit down instead of keep on running. Or, or rather than getting up one more time, you just, if you knock down, you know, just stay down. <laughs> but we're not to do that, you know. Let me ask you, do you have this hope that we're talking about today? The hope as an anchor for your soul? Do you have it? You do have it. But are you appropriating it? Are you using it? Have you received this new birth that Paul talks about here? Have you received that? Really? Do you know that you know that you know that when this life is over, that you've got a hope that says that you're going to stand in the presence of, of the Lord God Almighty and live in heaven with Him forever? Do you believe that today? Well, He's provided it for us. Out of His great mercy, He says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead.